following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Would you like to emotionally connect with your children and help them to grow up to be well-adjusted, emotionally healthy adults? We've got the show for you. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD on the FM at 99.9 HD2 and on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com. Just click the Listen Live button if you're out and about, or you can catch the podcast later on by going there. You can also connect to uh, the Faith Debate and all the things that are related to the Faith Debate by going to my church's website. My name, by the way, is Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. And as you might imagine, our website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. Last couple of weeks, and now again this week, we're talking about uh, relational, familial, uh, relational issues, marriage, uh, parenting, things like that, and uh, doing so with the uh, the Rasbys, Imran and Daniel Rasby. They're, they they pastor a house church up in the northern part of Frederick County, but they also, uh, for years now, have been involved with um, helping families to talk to uh, talk through and talk to these issues. Um, and their organization is called Conquered by Love Ministries, and their website is conqueredbylove.org. And this week, uh, we're, they've got a number of books uh, and booklets out that uh, that they use as resources for people. And um, there are some that are uh, that are under the category of getting to uh, your children's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how to connect to your children's heart, emotionally healthy children, uh, perseverance, finding desire for children and parents. These are all the books that seem like they fit in that category. Uh, I want to tie it into last week. we'll focus on is the emotionally healthy aspect. Just to tie it into last week, right, where we talked about training for the long term, when you see a bad behavior or a behavior you don't want to encourage in your child and your instinct is to say, oh, that's a sin issue. Well, step back first because, first of all, maybe it's something we didn't train for. We talked about that last week. Well, step two. Step two is, is it an emotional need? And we'll talk about that. And step three then would be, oh, okay, it's a sin issue. If it's not a training that you didn't do and it's not an emotional need, then the third option is a sin. So, again, second option is what emotional needs maybe are not being met and make sure we are meeting all the needs. So what are the five? There's five different emotional needs. So first, your child must be wanted, then secure, then approved, then capable, then needed. And these are all the emotional needs that God meets in us. So, for example, God wanted us before we even knew about him, right? He wanted us. And as a baby is born, we want the baby. And the baby feels that want. We want them. They haven't done anything to deserve that want, but we want them, okay? And while we were yet sinners, God wanted us. We, had, we didn't do it. We didn't come to God. God loved us and wanted us right there, right? And then we become secure. God is all-powerful, and he can overcome anything. And he overcomes our sin, and we become secure in God and in Jesus' blood. He's going to protect us. He's going to care for us. And the baby, after the initial, okay, I'm wanted, then they're craving protection. They want to feel secure. They want to feel safe. That's why cuddling a baby very tight is, is going to make them calm because they feel like they're, they're safe. They're not going to fall. If your child is, feels secure... They're not going to have that need to act out because they don't feel secure. Security is a very big issue. And we feel secure in Christ. We know that, hey, our destination is, is done. We're secure in Christ. And then he must approve us, right? How do we get approved in Christ? By his blood. And how does your child get approved? We talk about approval for, with, our, with our children often. Just really talking to them about 
that, what a wonderful thing, great, and they're seeking your approval on all things. Don't give them false praise, right? But the things that they do that you like, praise them for that. They say, good job. We, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Show appreciation. Again, these are all things we do before we even expect anything from them because you, you should, we should be doing this from infancy, right? And then they get to the point where now they're, you know, as they're toddling and they're starting becoming capable and they're saying, no, I do this, I do this, I do this. Well, they're becoming capable. You want to support that. They, we want them to be capable. And we can do all things through him. So we help our children do the things that they need to do. They become capable and they start doing those things. And then <coughs> lastly, as a child is, is doing that and has become capable, now they want to feel needed as part of the family. Just as we as Christians, as we become more mature, we're needed in the body of Christ. And, the, and every member is different. We're all tasked with different things, but we're all important, right? And one member can't say to another member, you're not important. So the child must feel needed. They must be involved in what's going on. And yes, I know, I know, I know, it takes a lot longer to do the dishes with the child doing it with you. <laughs> but you know what? They feel needed. They feel blessed. And, they, and you will save tons of therapy and time in the future when they're being needed and used and they're feeling that need. Now, taking out of context, and I don't want to turn this into a different issue, but in like 30 seconds, uh, just to clarify, if some, because one of the big arguments on the uh, uh, abortion, pro-life, abolitionist thing is, you know, you don't want to punish someone with an unwanted child. The child desires to be wanted. They should be wanted. Mm-hmm. But just because somebody doesn't want, uh, preeminent above all of this, I think you would concur, right, is, they they should be alive. Yes. Well, sure, <laughs> sure. They should be allowed to live. Yes. We're talking about the born children right now, right? And then right? and then they should be made to. They should be expressed in such a way that they know but that they're wanted. That's also a choice. That, it's also a choice that we make, right? We talked about marriage a, a few weeks ago. Is we're choosing to love. You may or may not be falling in love, but you're also choosing to love. That's the most important thing. You choose to want your children to love them, to protect them, to you know approve of them. Those are choices you make. You can be lazy and just not bother to tell your kid when you see that he's doing something you like. That's the approval part. Or you can actually intentionally go do it. So same thing with wanted. Whether or not you feel all the wanting you know, and uh, – probably many parents or most parents at, at some point feel like, oh, I really don't like my kid today or whatever. I've heard people say that a lot. Um, I haven't uh, yet had that with my baby. She's only 13 months old so far. <laughs> but uh, um, but there's probably times you know, everybody feels, oh, I don't feel like this today. But you make a choice. That's what you do as a parent is you choose to want them to protect them, to care for them. Now, the way you framed it at the beginning, talking about the three different categories of how to assign their behavior, mm-hmm. and so the second one is, okay, you know, the first one was, were they properly trained? Mm-hmm. Sh- should we be expecting better? For, do we have reason to expect better from them? Do we tell them what better looks like and show them? Uh, the second thing is what we're talking about now. So if their behavior isn't where we would desire it to be, where it should be, uh, we should go through this checklist. Are they feeling wanted, secure, approved, capable? Need like we should be going through this list, basically. Right. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Which, which one of these emotional needs are they are they feeling missed, and that's causing the behavior? So let's say you're going to check these boxes in your head, maybe right, or maybe mm-hmm. a husband and wife are going to say, okay, we're going to have a real problem with Daniel here. Let's let's see if it's if we're not meeting his need here. Wanted? Does he feel wanted? How how do I as a father? Or how did you? Let's let's make this about you guys. How did you, as a father, Imran, make Daniel feel needed so, or uh, wanted? So we ask that question: Why did you do that? Why are you doing this? You know, what is causing you to behave this way? You know, as we went over in last week, and we have to actually to ask those questions and discover the answer. And you want a detailed answer. You yeah. don't want the kid to say, "Oh, because." Or, what were you thinking? I want. You know, and really ask the answer, not not what were you thinking. 
But really, what was going through your and mind? And that's demonstrating that you want to know what they think and you no, want well, to know the, what... The happens. answer to that question will determine if there's an emotional need, any of them, you know, any of the five, right? So you, if you're asking and, and you get an honest answer, right? And, and parents, you can usually tell when your kid's being honest with you as far as giving you an answer. But when the, the answer to that question... It might be one of these emotional needs. Oh well, I, you know, I, I felt like you, you weren't listening to me, to, to me, or you know, I, I, whatever. That could be the wanted, or I, I was scared of the dog. Raz told that. Uh, yeah. Last I mean, time. To give you a good example. One, one of my daughters. Um, she was very quiet, and she, when she was young, and she, and she came up next to my wife and was was trying to get her my wife's attention. My wife was busy counseling or talking to somebody to, to tease somebody. And my daughter walked away and, and was very upset and crying. And we, what's going on? And mommy pushed me away. Well, my wife never touched her, never pushed her away, but she did not take the time to find out. So we do a lot of uh, cues. I mean, we can do hand signals, you know, across the room with your hand, I love you, or, you know, um, different things that, are, that we can continue to affirm and, and make sure the child is getting that attention that they need. Because that's really what they need. And, th and they rightfully should be jealous of that attention. If you're giving that attention, if I'm giving that attention to somebody <coughs> that is not my family, but I'm ministering to them or, or doing something, and my child needs attention and love, they're rightfully jealous. My, my first attention should be to him, right? Should be my family. And so I should be able to take the time to say, to, excuse me one second, let me answer this question, let's, let's get the thing. And we can train the children to wait. And many parents have. Just stand here and wait patiently until I have a break in my talk and I'll talk to you. And uh, but we should so, be talking. Don't make so, them wait that long either. So another another good example is I have a baby right now, and she walks around the room, and I, I work from home, and I, I do virtual work, so it's all on the computer, and uh, I'm sometimes I'm making phone calls. A lot of times I'm just typing emails and things, and so my my baby might be walking around the room playing with things, and then she'll come to my desk and she'll say, "Up, up." She wants me to pick her up. Well, I'm in the middle of an email. If I pick her up now, she's going to have to play with her for a while, and I'm in the middle of something. Can't she just go play? Go, go play. Push her away. She's going to start crying. But what I what I found is I can actually say, okay, um, uh, I'll pick you up. I'll give you a hug, and then you can go play and explain that to her. And I give her a nice big hug. She gives me a nice big hug, and then she goes happily off and plays for a while. She doesn't need me to actually hold her that long. She, she wanted to know, do I care about her? Will I give her attention when she needs it? And she comes up and says, up, oh, I gave her a hug. She goes back in place. That's the, 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 the type of thing for as far as the, the wanted. Yeah, and that's, uh, those are really good, positive, affirming things, and I'm sure that all of us uh, should be doing better in all of those things for all of our relationships with our spouses, with our coworkers, our colleagues, our church, fellow church members, right? We should make everybody, we should be affirming everybody, but particularly with our kids in their formative years. But also there's a negative, and one of the things I learned as a, as, as a parent um, that's much I learned it because of a bad thing. Somebody who knows more about parenting, or at least back then, maybe they still do, but back then they certainly knew more about parenting than I did. They gave me really good advice, and that was be careful in the language you use. So if your child is behaving in a way that's very annoying, uh, you can label it and call it. You can be honest and say, hey, don't do that because that annoys people. It's fine, but, we, um, but you don't want to say, stop doing that, you're annoying. Because you've just given them like an identity, you've labeled they, they are <laughs> annoying. You know, we say um, you're a bad boy. You know, Absolutely. like you don't don't say you behaved badly. What you did was wrong. Like those things, but don't say that you are this bad thing because yeah. like, 
oh, they don't even need me around. They don't want me. Right, right. exactly. Who wants an annoying person around? So they don't want me here. And, and also explain to them that that was bad behavior. Why was it bad? That was annoying behavior. Why was it annoying? You know, what caused it to be annoying? Okay, what can we do instead? You have to replace what they're doing with something else, something positive. If you're not doing that, then there's a vacuum and, and they're still going to have problems. So the whole idea is to find out, you know, what, what is it that they're doing? What kind of emotional need is not being met? And sometimes it may be, hey, they don't feel needed anymore. You know, if they don't feel needed, they're going to act out. If they don't feel loved, they're going to act out. If they don't feel secure, they're going to act out. And so you have to look at those things and see what is it that the emotional need that they're missing. And you have to be the detective. The child can't tell you that. But they can answer questions. They can tell you what they're feeling, what's, what's going on, what's, what's happening. And through that, you have to determine what is it that they're missing. And then you have to spend time giving, filling them up in, there, in that area. Because if you spend the time filling them up in that area when they're young, then you'll have a much more secure adult when they grow up. Can you talk a little bit about um, how the focus maybe shifts over time? Because you've got a 13-month-old that you're going to be making different parenting decisions now than you will be when you had a 4-year-old and different when right. you got an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old and so forth. Because um, that was something that I learned, you know, made some mistakes along the way and realized, wow, I'm treating my 14-year-old daughter like she's 10. And, you know, that was setting us up for failure in our relationship. Uh, the way I was treating her was perfect, of course it was, for a 10-year-old, <laughs> but not for a 14-year-old. So talk about, you know, how this all fit. What are some different things you might do for a... Um, a young teen, a 12, 13, 14-year-old child versus a 2, 3, 4, 5-year-old child as far as the kinds of meeting their needs here and making them feel secure, approved, capable, needed, that sort of thing. So, again, we start with the training. We've got to do, make sure they're trained in everything that you could possibly think their interaction with somebody else will be. Train them. You know, what if somebody does this, says this, or, and you think you know, you're hurt by this? What do you do? How do you react? That's, that's important. But then as they become older and more capable, you make sure they understand that they're capable. You trust them, that you're capable. You can do this. I'm with you, but you can do this. You're capable through my strength. I'm going to back you up. So you can do this. You can handle it. And as they get, you get more responsibility, but you're the backup. And I depend on you now. I'm, I, I, you, I need you for this and this and this. There's, and that's where you get into chores and responsibilities. But the, the chores and responsibilities are not because... Oh, this is you just got to do that because I said so. Well, no, we need you. This is you're very important. Without you're without this this cog in the in the machine and the machine doesn't turn. We need everybody. Now, ideally, somebody gets on this track early with their child or children, mm -hmm. and uh, everything goes hunky dory, and they're you know they're 20 years old and they're off living their own life, getting married, raising their own families, job well done, no hiccups anywhere along the line because we were following the ConqueredByLove.org resource guides, <laughs> but. Not everybody's going to start out of the gate, right? sure, and they might not realize they need help, and they're having problems until their child is five or you, you said it, fifteen. You said it well last week, where you said you have these kids that, on the soccer team that need to know all the different skills. Break it down, do one at a time, do baby steps. It's that's important. Do a little bit at a time, little changes. Just whatever you do as a parent, and whenever you're starting, be consistent. That's the most important thing as any parent is consistency, and that's one of the things to make them feel secure and, and protected. Yeah. A lot of this came, a lot of this uh, research and, and books that came out of our adopting children because they came with a lot of emotional needs, a lot of challenges that were not met at the early age, and so a lot of parents were asking us, "How did you handle this? How did you handle that?" And that's when we came up with some of the stuff that we were doing. I'll give you an example. One uh, lady came to us and she had adopted a daughter when she was uh, like 16 years old. She was adopted from uh, Russia uh, and uh, the relationship was not very good. And uh, this, now this daughter was 27 years old 
and living away from the house and just, you know, messed up life and just, it was never a good thing. It was a really bad relationship and they didn't get along. And the mother was like, how can I help her? She's in a bad place and, you know, we've tried, we've loved her, we've done all this, we've done this. What can we do? And one of the things we, we talked about is, you know, in the beginning, what happens first when you have a baby? The baby is loved unconditionally, right? That's what we talk about. So have you loved her unconditionally? Oh, yes, yes, we've done that. And how did you do that? And one of the things is when you have a baby, where do you love them? You love them on the floor. You lie down on the floor with them. You crawl with them. You, you push trucks or play baby dolls with them. You do those things that a baby does. And she'd never done this. This was a 16-year-old. Why would I do that? Um, and I can tell you when I adopted, when the children was 12 years old. And he, he loved to be in my lap and reading board books. At 12 years old, reading board books. You know, those you know, three or four words on a, on a page and flipping it over. If I'd read it to one of my younger babies, they'd immediately come and crowd into my lap and on the sofa and listen rapidly while I'm reading these board books. So it was by accident. We didn't know this, but they needed that. And so we counseled this, uh, this mom to just, hey, next time she comes over, just sit on the floor with, with her and, uh, you know, play something, you, whatever you can, to play with her on the floor and, or play with something and let her play, join in in the play. And little by little, that little act started connecting, that girl started connecting. At 27 years old, she, she really became a baby and started cuddling with her mother, started lying on her lap, started just hugging and, and, and being with her. And that's something she never got because when she was, came, she was a teenager, 16 years old. She didn't need all that, but she and, did. She and never you, got it. You assume, oh, well, they know this stuff. They know you talked about last week. This uh, kid joins the team, uh, you know, and, and the rest of the team already knows what to do. Well, of course, they must learn too where they were. And we'll talk about adoption more, I think, yeah. in, the, in the next week or something. But and, and then she went through, you know, you're secure. I'm your mom. I'm always going to be mom. No matter what happens, you're always going to be my daughter. Just like the prodigal son, it's always the son. He went away, did all these bad things, came back. He's still the son. So we had her go through all these different steps, emotional steps, with her, and it didn't take as long. But their relationship is is beautiful now. And it was just the, taking the time to meet those emotional needs, one step at a time. And they do come in order, just like God does that for us. We, we have to do that for our children. And sometimes we have to take a step back. You know, go back to baby steps, as Daniel said. Go back to th- things that you think, oh, that's babyish. But you know what? Sometimes that's what it is. And you make do it, for example, I read the, the board books to my baby, but my other kids sat with me while I read it. So it wasn't, I wasn't reading to my other kids. I was, but they didn't so feel they like they would... were being belittled but they were enjoying it with my baby. Hmm. So find group activities you can do as a family that the little kids can enjoy and then the older kids can do that too. Now, one of your books I slotted into this segment. I don't know if I slotted it properly or not, but um, if we can, in the final few, you know, five minutes or so we have with the show, Perseverance, Finding Desire for pa- uh, Children and Parents. What do you mean, Finding Desire? Like, what, what, what are we talking about there? Like things that they're interested in, active interest, or a desire that children and parents would have for one another. What's what's that issue with perseverance? It's it's important when you start a project to continue with it and persevere with it, and and I think um, you want to find things that you can do with the children that they're going to enjoy and that they're going to continue with. Um, so it's not just what you want them to do, but it's, it's, it's things that they're also going to enjoy. I, I teach, um, because my background is in piano performance before I went to law school, so I teach piano. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's always much nicer to have parents bring their kids who want to learn piano rather than the standard, oh, well, you need to learn a year of piano because 
every good kid should learn some music. You know, a lot of times as parents, we project things onto our kids. So we want them to do this because of um, whatever reason. But we need to build that desire and teach them what they should desire, you know, and why and and help build that desire and foster it. How concerned do you think parents should be with particularly what's going on in the world today with... um, uh, girl things for girl children and boy things for boy children. Is that something we should be worried about? Or if the if the boy likes playing with dolls, hey, you know what? That's what his interest is. Let's let him play with dolls and figure out how to turn that into a constructive thing for him. If the girl likes to play with trucks, let her play with trucks. And or I mean, because okay. I don't know if I would have worried about this that much ten years ago, but I'm I, I do sometimes get concerned about playing into the. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, into the strengths of a negative culture around us. Playing with dolls doesn't make a boy a girl, okay? It just means that they have different desires and cares, and they may be more. They may have more empathy. They may have more concern for other people. And playing with trucks doesn't make a girl boyish. It just means that that's something that they are attracted to. They're still what God made them. They're still a girl. They're still a boy. And what Daniel was saying is, you know, when they pick something, Let's say it's piano. Let's say they, want, they really want to play violin, okay? Well, have a talk with them. We're going to help you play violin. We're going to do that, but you're going to persevere over a certain period of time. Let's say six months or a year. And even if you decide you don't like it after a few months, we're going to continue for the year because we've, we've picked this together. You want to do it. We're going to do this for a year, and then we'll make a decision, okay? And you don't pick things for the children. I mean, it's, you as a parent should guide them and, and, and expose them to a lot of things. But it should be something that they want to do. And God has different, different gifts for different things. One of the things that we, we didn't talk about here, but it kind of fits in, is what is your gift as a father, as a leader of the household? What is God calling you as a mission, in the mission field? What are you doing? And have you identified that? And are you doing that? And then how is your family your help me? Your wife, is how is she helping you in your ministry that God has put on your heart? And how are the kids helping? Because now you're teaching the kids how to minister to others through what you're doing. Now, they may have different gifts. <coughs> they may have different purpose as they get older. But during their uh, informative years, they're supporting your gift and your mission. And they're learning skills and things to care for other people through that. And that's very important because they're needed in your ministry. But, they ha- but you have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose in life, your kids are not going to have a purpose in life. Okay, what has God got for you? You've got to identify that. What, you, he's given you specific gifts and, and a calling. You have to do that. And you have to get your children involved and teach them how they can support you in that. And girls will support their husbands as they go. But God may have some girls that have that without husbands and have a desire, have a missionary field, and go in that direction. But that's part of the training that they should be. And they're, they're needed in the kingdom of God also, not just in your family, but in the kingdom of God, in your ministry, how can they make an impact for God? That's very important. And as they learn that and they grow that, that's going to encompass all their emotional needs are going to be met through that, through Christ, through the ministry. And they're needed in that, whatever that mission field is for you. And I think that's important. They learn how to serve others through that. And you teach them by example. Yeah, and I appreciate what you said about the, um, the, the potential for any sort of gender confusion or gender concern. Because I agree 100%. You know, um, uh, if, if a boy 
a young boy puts on his his mom's shoes and uh, one of her blouses or something and runs around the house, that doesn't mean that he all of a sudden thinks he's a girl. He just thinks it's fun and funny to put on something that's mom's or whatever. And we don't have to be overreactive to those sorts of things. And so we don't have to be like, hyper-concerned about that sort of thing. So I appreciate yeah, the way Children are curious. They, they want to experience different things. All they're doing is trying to experience something that is different that makes them feel funny. And they'll get over it. Yeah. You don't want to make them into an opposite sex because they're just experimenting. I mean, you may smell a spice. doesn't mean you're going to turn into a spice. You're just experimenting <laughs> and, and learning about the spice. Yeah, well, good, good stuff. Uh, next week we're going to talk, we've touched on it a couple of times. This is a very briefly questions that have to do with adoption. We're going to focus, focus more specifically on adoption next week. Uh, the last voice you heard before in mine was Imran Razvi. The other voice on this show is Daniel Razvi. They've got a ministry. You can check them out at conqueredbylove.org. Visit uh, the show and me and my church and everything else we're involved with here at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, of course, you can go to WFMD.com, too. Won't, won't penalize you for that. Till next week, thanks for listening to Faith the Baby. We'll be back 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.